0: Can you believe that episode four hundred and three, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Pancakes of Power Slam Show. I am Chris Featherstone. I am really, really enjoying these video live interviews. Uh, you know, I'm like the Chris Jericho podcasting, uh, always innovating and doing something different. <laughs> so uh, we are uh, we are once again here uh, with a live video interview. This is uh, this person has become this person right here. Has become one of my favorite guests uh on the pancakes and power slam show i don't know this is uh your fourth, third third time third, third time so um yeah third time on the show i really enjoyed uh, the other two and um he and i have talked it's going to be more times. so the, he's going to be a frequent with us uh, here on the show so i'm really excited about it so without further ado uh, he is one of the greatest referees in pro not, not WWE not WCW but pro wrestling history. Well, thank you very much. how are you? That's an awful big buildup. Thank you. I was
1: <laughs> just laughing a minute ago. I had to put my glasses on. I'm gonna with that kind of a buildup. I am truly now the blind referee. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Elvis calls you the best ref ever. Nick Patrick for WWE Hall of Fame. Thank you very much, Elvis. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, how's how's it been since the last time we've talked? Uh, I mean, we've we've talked on the phone a few times, but hey, how's it man? been? Uh,
1: oh, well, man, I'm in, uh, just been living life. I've been uh, one of my sons is autistic. I've been training with him. We work out and go to goals all the time. And, and I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to be home now because uh, my parents have gotten up in age. And, uh, and I help them so they can stay in their home. And they, they want to stay in their home live their lives out there. So it's what I'm going to make sure they're able to do. I'm in a position now where I can help them do that and uh, help keep an eye on my son as well.
0: Nice. Nice. Awesome. So uh, last time you we were talking about your dad, you're, you're taking care of your dad, right? Yeah, yeah, he's still still
1: pretty good now. He's coming along. He's getting around a a lot better now than he was
0: last time. Nice, nice, nice. That's awesome. That's great to hear. How's the spoiler nowadays? It's the assassin. The assassin. That's right. The assassin. assassin Eighty-one
1: now. He's eighty-one years old. Eighty-one years. Yeah, Yeah, there's people are still scared of him. I'm one of
0: them. I was so scared that I, uh, I was so scared. I'm uh, told him said the wrong name.
1: That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> I remember back when I, I was working with WCW, they had an announcer. He was a big uh, he was a big country DJ here in Atlanta. But he, he came down and he did our ring announcer for WCW. I Rubar Jones. Mm-hmm. And he came up to my dad and he said, man, when I was a little boy, my mama told me when I acted up that she was going to call an assassin. Have you come straighten me out?" And it scared me to. Death. was <laughs> like wow. My dad had an impact on, on a lot of people like that.
0: Yes, yes, uh, yeah. Jody Hamilton, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I think so, someone recently put him over as far as uh, helping train, helping uh, train him. I don't know if it was. I don't I'm know not that. sure. He
1: trained a lot of guys because he yeah. had a power plant for WCW. Mm-hmm. And he ran deep south for uh, uh for uh, WWE. Hmm. Uh, and they had Deep South before that, you know, yep. from back in the '80s. But, uh, but where the big names came was when he was doing the power plant for. I think
0: it was Goldberg that put him over. Yeah, That's- it might have been
1: because he gave yeah. a lot of advice. Goldberg, uh, when he first started, he uh, my dad was uh, the guy that would be at the gorilla position, uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, where you go in, coming in and out of turn and. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would be in contact and a lot of people as soon as they'd come back to the curtain. My dad was one of the first races. They'd see, they'd ask him, you know, how it went. And, uh, yeah. I'll never forget. Goldberg hadn't put together all of his finishing maneuvers yet was still just kind of, he was getting it's still, he was just getting into it. The people were liking him. They were digging him because of his look and because of his intensity, but he hadn't quite put the, the spear, the jackhammer all together. And I think he was out there with Manny for Manny's just out of the blue he speared poor Manning. Like, oh, I, we all in the back, like, oh my goodness! <laughs> it, it, it just didn't look like he, he killed him, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then he he did some other things. And then he ended up hitting him with the jackhammer. And I'll never forget when he come back to the curtain. My dad grabbed him right away and said, "Come here, kid." He says, "From now on, you hit them with that spear first. Use that as a setup move, and then use the jackhammer." Nice. First, and then bam—that's what he did from then on wow
0: so your dad uh, was instrumental in uh, putting the, the the spear and jack camera sequence together then well he, he saw
1: how it went and he, he just helped him put the flow together you know he the, kid, he the guy already had the moves he just didn't know how you know you know that one was to set the other one up it was more effective doing it that way than just hitting him with a spear and then doing two or three other things and then doing it Deal, you know. Yeah. Or as it was that sphere as soon as you hit that sphere people knew what was coming. It was like right. like Hogan calling for the deal like, you know.
0: Right, right, right. a different <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a uh, very very uh, interesting because uh he was recently on Austin's podcast. <laughs> And uh, he was he was talking about uh that. I think he brought he brought up Manny Fernandez uh and just running through Manny. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So it was Manny. I'm glad I was correct on that. Yeah. I'd hate for poor Manny to take
1: him here and <laughs> make it the wrong right. thing. It wasn't easy. <laughs> right.
0: right. That's funny. Yeah. It's uh. Yeah. It was right. He he needed to pull up. Uh. He he did mention uh, Manny Fernandez, and. <clears throat> So I th- yeah, I think it was him uh, that that talks about uh, your dad, Jody, uh, the the assassin. Uh, and yeah, it's 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 really interesting how just you know Goldberg was talking about just the Austin thing. <clears throat> and if any, uh, we're going to take questions too, guys uh, for for Nick Patrick. So hashtag Ask Nick, hashtag Ask Nick. Um, so yeah, with Goldberg, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit about Goldberg just because uh, it, it was hot off the press. It was the Austin interview, and then I want your thoughts on the NWO being inducted in the Hall of Fame, and then we'll talk. Then we'll get some questions um, yeah. uh, after that. Uh, so as far as Goldberg is concerned, now he he it was it was a really interesting interview because he was talking about how just he never felt appreciated during his first run in the WWE. Um, you know, he he just kind of felt like he was the outcast. He felt like you know everybody was just really, really trying to uh, not really make him uh, inclusive, um, which is one of the reasons why him and Austin uh, never never did anything. Now, granted, Goldberg came a day after Austin retired. Um, he you know Austin left at uh, at nineteen, and then Goldberg debuted the Raw right after. Um or, or the uh what was it the uh, it, yeah, it was the raw after uh, WrestleMania nineteen, I think it was.
1: Yeah, um, I couldn't say the precise one, but yeah, didn't. I think yeah. it was
0: because the rock was doing the promo and then the, and then Goldberg came out. Yeah. And Superman, I think it was, yeah. Um so yeah, and and but at the same time you know, that, that Austin was supposed to retire. I mean, Austin retired. He, he's actually never <laughs> – I think he's the only wrestler he actually, who actually retired and st- stayed retired. Uh, Shawn Michaels uh, had about eight years. Uh, well, was it – he came back last year. He retired in 2011, uh, eleven was it? 26 he retired. So, he retired in uh, 2010, right? So, it, uh,
1: they still keep drawing every time they come back.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it was, I think it was 2010, if I'm not mistaken. WrestleMania 26, um, Taker uh, Part Two, retired him. So, I think it was 2010, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, it was eight years, eight and a half almost years with him, uh, with with Michaels. So he almost he almost stayed, <laughs> but he didn't. But go, uh, uh, but uh, he came back to do the thing with Flair too, didn't he? Have already
1: retired when he came back and had the match with Flair? Or where Flair, Flair passed the
0: torch to him? Was Michaels? Uh-huh. Michael's that I was uh beforehand. That was about two no, before years. He before. Yeah, he retired no at, so he retired at twenty-six. I think him and Flair was uh in Miami and that was okay. twenty oof, Twenty-four, maybe okay. Twenty-three? Yeah, it was right Very before Cause I know he went against Cena around that time too. I think it was I think it was uh, uh twenty-four, well, no, I'm not mistaken in Miami. Yeah um let me make sure. Um yeah, twenty-four. Yep, twenty-four. Um all right, and then uh so yeah, just just what are your thoughts on just uh Goldberg and um, just Goldberg and uh, Austin? Well, and I Goldberg. can understand Goldberg
1: uh, not feeling comfortable when he first went to WWE because really uh, None of us from WCW did. We, we were uh, kind of outcasts. It was like uh, it was like we had lost the war, and they were, they were going to make everybody start from scratch. It didn't matter what your position was or how high up it was or how many years you had in business. Uh, when we first started, I was fortunate. I, they didn't make me to go to a training camp, but they had like four, maybe three or four guys that they brought in immediately. Booker T was one. And I think Dallas was one. I'm not sure who else, but everybody else, they may go to like a training camp mm. they had a ring there set up. So it was like, like they'd never worked before. They had no, Oh, but our ring is different than the ring you use down there. Mm. Okay, it's, it's two feet bigger, you know? <laughs> Wasn't that big of a deal, you know? I mean, when, you're, when you're a wrestler, you've worked in 14 foot rings, you've worked in 20 foot rings and everything in between, you know, you, you learn to adapt, you know? Mm. And, uh, but uh, it was more of an attitude check thing, and uh, and it was at every level. When we, you know, for when, when we first went there, I had I had crew people that uh, you know, most for the most part, crew guys were all pretty cool. But there were still a few of them that felt like that they had literally you know, had the right to, to to give you a little bit, like you like you uh, had to pay dues to them or something, you know, because you're the new guy on the block and you came from down here and we won the war and all. It was. It was really kind of silly instead of just kind of carrying on business. But it, it made it made for uh kind of an uncomfortable thing. I especially for top guys, I could see, you know, because they knew for a fact that they were not gonna get the full thrust right away that they yeah. were getting at WCW. Yep. They were gonna have some of them start from scratch again. Yeah. Or even if they were friends with, with Triple H or whatever. Yeah, business right. is business and they treated everybody the same. Yeah, I don't think anybody. You know, there, there was a couple. Booker T made a really smooth transition, mm-hmm. and bless him because he, he, he's a great guy, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that that went so smooth for him because he was you know, he's money, of course. You know, but uh, he was one of the few that really had that smooth transition. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he he did, and I was uh, I was happy about that because I've always been a, a, a Booker T fan. I was uh a, a privileged uh, to actually interview him, and I've interviewed. Goldberg and DDP too, uh. So it, it's uh. we uh, from way back. did a lot of together. Yeah, to together. yeah, to of yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's uh he's actually one of my favorite one of my top five of all time. Uh, actually, yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. So I was happy that that transition was smooth because I was pulling for book. And uh, as far as uh, as far as DDP went, um, you know, it, it was the the taker thing and team with Canyon and things like that. And um, it, it was still, there was still something missing uh, as far as just with, with DDP, as far as, you know, not being a top guy, he was feuding with the European, you know, for the European championship. Now granted his match with Christian and, you know, that was good and things like that for the title, but yeah, he n- never really made it to that top, uh, the, that top tier. And as far as Goldberg, well, Dallas was hurt too. Yeah, at that time, he had,
1: he had a couple of injuries that he was trying to work through. Yep. And mm-hmm. it, and it it, it it affected his work, and you know, there was no other way to get around it. You know? it was, mm. I, you know, he was an older guy, which wasn't bad, but he had, uh, I think it was a hip or back or something that was really bothering him. They couldn't take, he couldn't bump and move the way he was. And, mm. and that's kind of what messed Dallas
0: up in that position. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. Are they still, but well, still they chose to do a big teeth gimmick with him which oh, yeah. was, was really really odd for for the for you to take a top guy for wcw and put a gimmick about uh having good teeth on him. that was uh, a pretty odd. yeah
1: they were about giving us all the lessons and, uh, yeah nobody was going to step right into that full thrust you know mm-hmm. attitude check you know they, they do that all the time you know it doesn't and you have people who are there now that have nothing to do with WCW. It's a mm. it's
0: a constant attitude check there. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could definitely tell uh with that. Um and then with Goldberg, he was only there for a year, but uh he kinda he kinda got emasculated at times by Triple H. I mean he just I mean, everybody I from WCW did.
1: I remember when we when Hall uh, and Nash showed up on the scene. They did a they did a little vignette somewhere where uh they come up and surrounded the Rock, mm-hmm. and he up and, and he laughed at them. you know he
0: just yeah I remember that throwing yeah. them
1: right out you know it's like well, okay well what are we gonna throw at him now you know
0: right <laughs> right yeah I, I remember that it was it was kind of like oh man you just uh kind of. Kind of blew their... <laughs> <Okay>.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so for these guys, yeah, yeah, that was that was quite odd. Uh, and then uh, y- your thoughts on the uh, NWO uh, making it to the Hall of Fame. So it's interesting. Here's here's my question to you. Of course, you know, I think it's a no-brainer no that the NWO deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, one of the greatest factions of all time. I'm a big fan that Pac made it in the Hall of Fame with DX. Me too but it's an i i'll be I'll be honest with you I think it's an odd addition to the Hall of Fame that he's the fourth guy and he's you know he the reason why he named six because he was the sixth member of the NWO right. and so it's really odd to me that i think uh I think what I don't remember who the third uh, fourth or fifth person is. maybe Rude and DiBiase was <laughs> fit in there uh, but what, what are your thoughts on, on Pac being, uh, them choosing Pac, uh, choosing Waltman to be a member of the NWO Faction Hall of Fame and not just Hogan, Hall, and Nash?
1: I think that he was as big of a part of it because each guy had their own position. You know, it was like a level, of tier. You know, there was Hogan, you know, and uh, you know, Sean was the bump guy yeah you, know, you have to have somebody out there that's boom 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 you know that's, that's, that was him and the next level up from him was was uh, Razor. Mm-hmm. uh he, you know and then the next up from him was was uh nash and then the whole top you know it was like a, a tier. you know that, that yeah. people had to kind of work their way through yeah. and, uh, for for the sake of of action heels have to bump yes or and uh nashs big guy you know and Storyline-wise, he can't come out to a big, big bump around. They have to to chop him down like a tree, you know, to Mm -hmm. knock him right off his feet. Same with Hogan, you know, so that put Sean and Razor in a a position, you know, they they had to be the action, boom, boom, boom guys, you know. And and that made him, to me, as much of the formula as the the rest of them. To me, in my opinion, that makes him deserve it as much as anybody.
0: Interesting. Appreciate your your takes on that. <laughs> now, um, should you be a part of the NWO <laughs> Hall of Fame? Uh, no, no. I, was,
1: I was a gimmick member, and, and I, I was a good gimmick piece. I were. was kind of like if, if you wanted to make it like a, related to music, I would have been like a, a studio musician that they brought there, a saxophone player that come in that that had a good little solo in there. That there you, it is, you know. But that wasn't the main the main focus, you know. Yeah. It, and the NWO didn't get up and fly because Nick Patrick was in it. I was, you know, I, I was very fortunate to be able to do that. And it was a lot of fun, and uh, but no, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't deserve to be in, in, in the Hall of Fame It the
0: Cool, okay, will get getting real cool. But, you know. <laughs> Indeed, absolutely. Uh, now I talked to, I've, I've had Eric on my show a bunch of times, and um, <clears throat> one of the times that uh, we talked. Uh, I, I asked him about like the oversaturation of the NWO when it just started to get just really, really just oversaturated, and just when the you know when the moment you know or just a specific time you know that uh, he felt that it got oversaturated. What are your thoughts on when what what moment can you just really kind of pinpoint or just kind of uh, just kind of time frame that you could pinpoint where you just kind of thought backstage. And just kind of looking at the grand scheme of things, and so many people in the room, uh, so many people in the ring with NWO shirts. When did you think it got a little bit too much?
1: It was hard to tell because I knew what they were trying to do. They were trying to make it look like a a, a takeover, Mm -hmm. you know. And 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 uh, in order to do that, they had to make. But when, but it's a double edged sword. By doing that, there was a lot of guys that did not need. NWO colors to get over. I you know, Kurt Henning could have done it without it. Yeah, you know, he didn't need to be an NWO Remember, yeah. He got over just as much being Kurt Henning Oh yeah, and Scott Norton, all you know, Big Show. I mean, all those guys. You know, it could have. Uh, and it, it just it 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 made everything the same. It Made everything uh, all gray. You know, there was it, it, uh, it took away from people's characters and their gimmicks and their color and you know and, and styles and, and, and tried to make everything all one and, uh, and you know it, it sounded good in theory but then once it started you know I don't think there ever was really a, a moment that I started looking around and said boy this is not working you know I just it just uh, because there were certain guys in, that were really good workers, but I think that they would have done themselves better and they'd have done the company better and the business better if they could have just been their own gimmick or yes. something other than the gang. You know? yeah, yeah,
0: I agree. Uh, before we take some questions, I'm a, I'm trying to look up as far as all the NWO members. Uh, I'm sure they okay, okay. had
1: half the territory. If,
0: yeah. Oh,
1: you, were you were NWO.
0: So you have Hogan, Nash, Hall, DiBiase, Giants, Vincent Six, Buff, Bischoff, Elizabeth, uh, uh, NWO Sting actually interviewed him, uh, Hennig, Rude, Conan, you, Dennis Rodman, VK Wall Street, Big Bubba. See, that was – I mean, that's just oversaturated to me. Like, VK, VK Wall Street as a member of the NWO to me was just kind of odd. Uh, Savage, Norton, Chono, uh, Disciple, and Leslie. Um, I think
1: they got to the point where when they was bringing certain guys in that thought if they just threw that NWO shirt on, and made it part of the gang.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it, it didn't work that way. You yeah, have to get right. over you know, just because you got a shirt on and you're you're throwing out a wolf pack sign. That doesn't that don't get it. You know, you have to go out and get over it. I agree. I think that's what they were trying to do in a backfire.
0: Yeah, I, I that's that's a great point. Just putting it on, yeah. Uh Steiner, Brian Adams, uh yeah, I forgot the dusty was in there too. Oh man. Wow, yeah, that was just that was just oversaturated. Uh, yeah uh all right so let's uh ask uh a few questions hashtag ask uh nick hashtag ask nick uh luke is asking what is your favorite match you've uh refereed
1: that's hard to say i've uh and i've done so many eras I've, I've, one of my things i say is that when i was young i've I refereed a match with Thez. I refereed most of the main event guys from Lou Thez to John Cena. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there were different eras in time, different matches, you know, had different styles, you know. Back in the day, Tommy Rich and Buzz Sawyer used to fight all through buildings and outside and over cars and down the alleyways, you know, back when, before hardcore, you know, before there was hardcore. Yeah. And Rudy, Brody, and Abdullah used to do the same thing. And uh, But then there was different... Uh, uh, so I used to see Bob Roop and Ronnie Garvin used to just absolutely tear it up. They, were, they used to working with each other. Uh, just so many different eras. Uh, Undertaker and JBL had to be some of my favorite matches because
0: oh, nice. they were new
1: school, but there was yet times where especially not so much on TV or pay-per-view, but especially house shows, that they would go old school and, and off the off the script, off the chart, because we never had a script, you know, we talk, you know, what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And they had an outline of what they wanted to do. But we'd get out there in house shows, and I love working with us. Sometimes we'd just go off the box, and they would try things just to see if it would work, or if it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. And you had, had to just go with the flow and be, be part of it. And that was, oh, that's how we worked in old school. And, and mm-hmm. you don't get an opportunity to do that a whole lot anymore.
0: Yeah. That's a good one. That, that
1: to me was some of my some of my favorite matches. Nice. Some of my favorite matches. I've actually wrestled a couple of matches. I wrestled for a while and they had me do gimmick matches. But some, I've had some wrestling matches that were that I had to rank. And I, I'm not saying that they were quality-wise, but fun-wise for me. Yeah. And I had with Chris Jericho back when I was with WCW and he's supposed to have one hand tied behind his back. Mm-hmm. That was an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. And then I, I knew that kid was going to be a star, you know. Way before he became a star, but yeah. you know, that was all his stuff too. He came up with the whole thing, and I was like, you know, yeah, this is the, you I'll go until I can't do it anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't had a match in years, and I was out there bumping around and doing stuff. The next thing I know, but I come to the back, and it, it was fun. But yeah. you know, I tell you what, when I got to the back, I collapsed. <laughs> I, was, I was
0: completely <laughs> shot, it, it, it was
1: it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, quick correction from uh, me. Uh, uh, Marcus uh, said that uh, 24 was in Orlando. I said Miami, so it was in Orlando. <laughs> um, Marcus is asking, uh, how was the uh, move to WWE uh, when WCW went out of business? Was it better than you expected or worse? It, it
1: was a little bit of both. At first, it, it I it was hard at first because, like we had been talking earlier, we all had to—they uh, had to bust everybody's chops and let us know that we were the new guys in the block and yeah. all that. But I did like that it was very organized, and you answered really to one person. If you had a question, you could ask somebody. They didn't have the an answer. You knew where to go to get the answer. You always go right to the horse's head. You're not going to get a good answer from the other end. So go always to the horse's head, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what I—you know—that's what I did, and it was. Uh, it was good in a lot of ways, uh, but it was hard for me because I had already done like twelve years of international travel with WCW, yeah. and all of a sudden I'm on with WWE, and I was very fortunate to. I had a lot of things going on in my life at that time, and uh, and uh, man, all that travel was just so so hard, and they didn't make it easier on us, you know, busting everybody's chops. So I, to be honest with you, I I enjoyed. I think my my. Uh, Time with WCW more than I did my time with WWE.
0: Yeah, Uh, Elvis is asking, uh, "Do you miss being a ref, and how did you get into the business? Who gave you your big break?"
1: Uh, Sometimes I do miss being a ref, and it's funny. I just hit fifty nine years old, and sometimes I and I still dream that I'm on the road sometimes because I did it for so many years, and uh, and uh, yeah, when you still dream about it, and and, but it's funny. uh, I'm dreaming I'm on the road and I'm dreaming I'm trying to get my backpacks because I've got to get on the bus and make the bus on time and I can't find all my stuff. It's like, I don't know, you know how it is. Anyway, but uh, I do miss being a ref and uh, I got my first big break was uh, my family moved back to Georgia and uh, I started part-time up in uh, central states in Kansas City. And when we moved back to Georgia within about, I, I started the, my second year of college in my first semester, and the uh, head referee job for Georgia Championship Wrestling came up for me, mm-hmm. and I took it. I, you know, I, that was, you know, I, man, I, that was, was big time. You know, that was mm-hmm. 1980, maybe 81, and uh, that was a great place to step in and be a I, 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 I head ref. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, Yes, sir. So I uh, ended up taking over college completely, and, uh, I, and I actually tried to stay in school, but uh, I tried to study. I, mean, I found out that I cannot read in a car. I get motion sick so bad. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even look at a map for a couple of minutes oh, when wow. I'm And I was trying to study and do stuff. And back then, you know, we had no technology. I didn't have a computer. It, I don't have a lot of technology now. I'm still a flip phone guy. I on his mom's son's laptop right now. He's trying to desperately drag me into this century. He's having a hard time. I'm kicking and screaming. <laughs> my first big break was with Georgia Championship Wrestling.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, Cole is asking, uh, did the NWO locker room uh, like, uh, like they did when the cameras were rolling, or was it... Uh, Mutual in the locker rooms with the likes of Flair, Double A, and Sting. She talking like the, the mood of the locker
1: rooms was was a mood
0: different. Yeah, I suppose.
1: Yeah, no, not not really. You know, uh, people just dressed you know where they wanted. They would like they you know. The, in, in reality, there's not an NWO locker room that put up NWO and only NWO guys dressed in there. You dressed where you wanted to. You know, that was that was a set for TV. Yeah. No. And, you know, and, uh, you know the, everybody could have dressed, you know, with everybody. You know, you get wherever you can find the space, but at TV, there's so many people at TV. You just get wherever you can spread your stuff out and where you're comfortable, close to whoever you do. Basically, we need to try and talk to the rest of the So,
0: you know, yeah. track you
1: down all day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael's asking uh, Do you feel refs uh, don't get the credit they deserve? And do you consider yourself a director or producer in the ring?
1: Uh, I do, definitely do believe that refs do not get the credit that they deserve. I think that now, as I watch, especially the WWE show, uh, not so much dealers, but, but especially. The WWE show. They're trying to keep their referees all generic. Yeah. And they don't do anything. And and there's a reason for that because they don't want to pay royalties to us. Mm. So, because, you know, guys like Earl, I don't, I don't know if Earl's getting anything. He may, but I doubt it. I know I'm not getting any kind of royalties. Mm. And you look Nick Patrick up on the, you know, on the WWE network and find me doing stuff way back from 1980 up to 2009. Well, actually, 2007. The last two years I was there. I was uh, recovering from a back injury, mm-hmm. but uh, from 1980 to 2007, I was doing something. I was on TV somewhere, and, mm-hmm. and so it was all those tapes. So you can find all the old Georgia Championship Wrestling stuff, the old Continental Wrestling stuff, the old Bill Watts stuff out from Louisiana.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, all kind of stuff, you know. You can find old Nick Patrick on and a uh, director or producer. I'm not really sure what the difference of a director or producer is. To be honest with you, because when I was doing it, that position was referred to as an agent. Yeah. And uh, you know, so uh, if there is a difference between director and producer, and I'm not sure what is what now. I think they call agents producers now. If I'm not.
0: Yeah, they do. They
1: do. Yeah. I think they do.
0: Yep. So I'm not, entirely, I guess
1: I'm not sure what the director would be. So, you know, yep. maybe somebody like Kevin Dunn or somebody, I guess, I'm not sure. But uh, I, I definitely wouldn't call myself that. But uh, actually, as a referee in the ring now, you just pretty much, you got an earpiece in, you know what you're doing, and you just got to go with the flow and, and, and work. You're not directing or producing anything, really. Yeah, you're just
0: kind of robotic. Working. His- yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, there's some really good questions. Um, most odd change finish mid to late match. That's a real good question. Hmm.
1: I've really not had a lot of finishes change on me during the middle of the match, unless they did it on purpose to really young guy, you know, or if somebody got hurt, you know, so it wouldn't really. Anything odd about it so much, other than, than, you know, I'm somewhat unfortunately getting hurt. But uh, you know, and I can't even remember who back in the day. You know, back in the day, I mean, there was several different young guys. They would they would tell them a finish, and they would think that they was was going over, and then the guy wouldn't kick out, mm-hmm. and they would be like, oh, they would just they did it the purpose to freak them out. You know what I mean? Everybody laughing, oh, give a big belly laugh at them. You know, but uh, you know that that was that was you know they never done on television. They'd you know, house and house show, funny ha-ha stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, finishes is very serious. You know, you don't just uh, change it in the middle of the deal unless uh, something drastic happens, like somebody getting hurt. So, I you know, there were really any odd changes for me.
0: Do you remember anybody getting hurt, like, uh, during the match or, or like a concussion or, or a break? Oh, yeah, Booker
1: T, a couple of times. Booker T one time got hurt lower back, couldn't kick out. I didn't. I went to pull the count, but he, he didn't count. So as a referee, if that shoulder's down, you got to count it, whether you've talked about it back, whether that's the finish, whether that's not the finish. If they mm-hmm. don't kick out, you got to count it. And so I did. And they, it was a little house show somewhere. And it was somewhere in New Jersey. And uh, he was working with Matt Hardy. And when I counted it, I looked at it in my eyes at had been a big round as he is. I was like, oh my god, you know, that wasn't what we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he looked at me, because I'm hurt. So I was like, oh. So I got Matt back in the corner. I said, he's hurt, dude. So whatever, I said, can you get up? You know? I saw how hurt he was. He said, no, man, I'm done. I said, all right, play there. So I gave him a 10 count, I raised my hand. I had to improvise. So mm-hmm. I Remember, something like that happened. One time I was in uh, WCW, we was working in Macon, in, uh, Lord William Regal was working with Alex Wright. Remember, I don't know if you remember back to Alex, was a German kid that did that.
0: Oh, I've interviewed him before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, yeah. They, had a match where, uh,
1: they were having their match, and uh, uh, Das Wonder Kid hit the ropes, and the ropes broke. Mm. And he took the big spilling fall out to the floor. Oh, man, it was, but it didn't hurt him, but it, it looked like it killed him. Mm. I didn't know it. it, it I was, it just it just came to me for some reason. It's, I just reacted. You know how sometimes you're in a car wreck, and you don't think about what you're doing. You just react. Yeah. But when that happened, I went out and I looked at the timekeeper. I said, "Mark the time." You know, eight minutes and thirty seconds or whatever it is. And I went to Alex. I said, "Sell it. Keep selling." It. And uh, so we helped him walk to the back so that it would create interest while they had to take the time to fix the ring. You know, somehow people are wondering if Alex is okay or whatever. So we got the ring fixed, and we come back, and we had to make the announcement that uh, uh, we did not know if Alex was going to be able to make it. Wait to see if if clearance from the doctor, blah blah. blah. Well, now out he comes. Yeah. But he's limping. He's going to do the old "Here I come, baby face" thing, you know? Yeah, here he comes. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) It's just Pounded the stew out of him, and then they ended up getting back into what they were going to initially do but mm-hmm. it, it gave us a way out you know instead of just everybody like oh, what do you do now you know it's like okay we'll stop the map here's the time it a, a kid to make it back we try to make a little storyline out of it yeah know? yeah and the only way you can do that is learn how to work if and you never, improvise if you never learn how to work and you never learn how to improvise yeah. then that stuff will never happen all you can do is go off of what you talked about in the back or what is written down that when stuff like that happens,
0: you're going to miss out on it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, very good point. Uh, ben is asking, uh, who did you think was not good in the ring?
1: <laughs> mm, as far as big money guys, I think the worst big money guy that I ever worked with, and God rest his soul, I don't, I don't want to ever talk bad about somebody that's passed on, but, uh, but I said it when he was alive, so I'm going to go ahead and say it again. The Ultimate Warrior to me was was one of the worst. He had great fire. He looked awesome. He was had charisma, but he was terrible because you never knew what he was going to do. He could hurt you, but he was so daggone strong. Mm-hmm. He blew my knee out, actually. I was, uh, I was working with him, and he came to uh, to WCW. I was working with him, and, and he was working with Hogan. And uh, Hogan did something that knocked him down. He was way on the, in the corner on the other side of the ring, and I'm pushing Hogan back. And all of a sudden, he rolled into the side, and I don't even know how he got there because he was back in the corner just seconds before. But he rolled into the side of my knee and oh. he rolled my knee to the inside. And I, went, I grabbed a hold by the chest, and I was like, "Ooh!" Because I felt something give, and I tried to lift my, I tried to walk and walk. I could put weight on it, but I couldn't raise my heel up to touch my rear end. You know what I'm saying? That whatever connects that, my hamstring was gone. Oh, wow. so I looked at Hulk and I said, He just put my knee out. And he went, well, Can you take a bump? I said, Yeah, I think so. And he, he, he grabbed me by my head and threw me out over the top rope. Like I, I got a blown out knee up, but I took the bump over the top rope and just kind of hit and roll. Mm-hmm. I was okay. I could walk, but I could not bring my heel up. And mm-hmm. I ended up having to have an
0: ACL replacement. Okay. Oh, goodness. Wow. But, uh,
1: mm-hmm. but you never knew what he was going to do. It, it, Or where it was coming from, it was so big,
0: strong, kind of clumsy. He hurt you. Wow. Uh that was a fantastic answer. I never knew that. I mean, I knew that. I mean, a lot of people that this isn't new. I mean, a lot of people said that about Warrior, but I didn't know about uh your your knee getting blown out because of uh, a match with him and Hogan. That's very interesting. Um, did you watch TLC at all? No, I did not. Okay. Uh, all right, so we'll skip that question. Um, Brendan's asking, uh, did Kurt Hennig ever ribs you? if so cared to share the rib. <laughs> no, he never ribbed me, but him and
1: I used to rib poor Dave Prince with the ring announcer for uh, for WCW back in the day. And uh, it started off Kurt doing it, and then uh, what, what he would do is he would get chained. And we would chain lock, padlock, Ken's briefcase, to come from the different at every building that we went to. Uh, so got where he was watching Kurt, so Kurt drafted me. He said, "Nick, he's watching me, so I need you to do this for me." So, so then I started doing it. So now he couldn't figure out which where it was coming from. You know, he thought it was us. He thought it was him. And then he kind of thought it was me, but. Yeah, he knew it was Kurt at first, but he couldn't ever prove it. And so now we had him bouncing back and forth, and we had half the territory watching for us. We'd be, we'd be handcuffing his, his briefcase to toilet stools and, and pictures and chairs and lockers and I mean, everything that we could call him. Uh, and, and I ended up telling him after, after Kurt was gone who it, who it was, but uh, we drove that poor man crazy.
0: Oh, uh, poor Pinser. Uh, very, very interesting. Uh, Lexi's asking: uh, Are you a fan of the Vice series, Beyond the Ring? If so, what unsolved mystery or scandal would you want them to focus on?
1: I've not seen that. I don't. Uh, I don't do a lot of the uh, network stuff. And, uh, I, my life is so busy right now. I do. I, I watch a little bit of the show because my son, Nick, my uh, my oldest son, Nick, is autistic, and he loves to watch the show. He watches all the WWE stuff. So unfortunately, I don't get. The- see a lot of stuff but we just see it we see it on tv we don't do network and i don't really i haven't seen a lot of the other stuff uh mm-hmm. you know I'm, uh, like i said i, I have son to take care of I, I, earlier i talked about taking care of my parents and stuff now as they're getting older so yeah it's I, a- there's a lot of wrestling stuff that uh i'm more interested about what happens in the ring performance wise everything else to me is storyline and window dressing
0: yeah
1: that's that for me I, is what i'm more focused on
0: yeah, I, I like backstage stuff, man. I like the nitty gritty stuff that I don't, you know. That's well, unscripted. That's one thing
1: which you never really ever get. to.
0: Yeah, the Vice If when you get a chance, um, um, have your son or, or, or whoever just uh, get you hip to that Vice that uh, Viana Ring series from Vice Land. It's really really good. It's yeah, uh, yeah. yeah they've had one on. Uh, I think they've they've only had one one season. I think they. I mean, they've talked about bringing a second season. Uh, Come, but uh it was on the screw job Then they've had six oh, I've seen some of that. I saw yeah.
1: one and I saw one with, with Earl.
0: Yep. Uh, this, so that was the Brett one, the Brody, the Von Ericks, um, Yeah, I didn't did see that. So yes,
1: and answer to your question, now that uh, you mentioned that, I didn't know. I just I caught it. You know, flipping my, my son watches like five things at one time. Flip, 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 flip. And there's been a couple of times that I've caught that, you know, and, I, and I'll be watching it and the next clip. I'm off to something else, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, but yes, I have seen part of that, and I think it's uh, very, very interesting. And I'm glad that the truth is coming out about a lot of different things. You know, I, and I did see the one about Mula, too. You know, I thought it was very good that they had points point of view from uh, a lot of different ladies, ladies that, you know, that were firmly in, in her corner. And then there were other ladies that, that had very negative business dealings with her. I mean, and those ladies were legitimate too. They, they were great, talented ladies. You know, yeah. so you, yeah. got, you got pretty much the real story out of that. You know, mm-hmm. and same with same with the Brody story. Mm-hmm. Actually, things that I didn't know, and I'm really good friends with Tony Atlas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony uh, gave us kind of basic outline, you know, of what happened. But, I never ever grill anybody about about details. Like, you know, if somebody has gone through some kind of experience or grief or whatever, man, you don't have to relive it for my sake, tell mm. them, you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good I,
1: I didn't wanna I didn't wanna get too deep in, into it with it, you
0: know. Yeah. Um, Savage one was good. Um I really enjoy the Geno one. Um
1: Yeah, yeah. That was a tragedy too. Yes, his dad, uh was it Ray? Ray mm-hmm. Hernandez? Mm-hmm. I it was his name. Uh, my father, he his father passed away from a heart attack while he was wrestling in Japan. And my dad is the one that brought his body back in the in the urn from wow. him to his family. Back Gino was just a little boy. Wow. I was a little bigger than Gino. Gino was a couple years older than me. So
0: Louis, very that Lewis. Yeah. Louis hernandez yeah like. yes, yes yes him and my dad were
1: really good friends mm-hmm. and, uh, that, that's why my dad wanted to make sure he got it back to his family because they, they, were, they were tight yeah uh, oh
0: wow that's that's yeah it's really interesting uh that was just i mean i knew about i mean i've seen documentaries before and about gino but there was a really good way i mean it was a really good in-depth you know uh a lot of things going on down there in that time. Man. Yes. The, the 80s was was crazy. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, a lot uh, of bad, bad things going on. A lot of us didn't make it. Um, yeah, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, Alex, a few more to uh, – I, mean, I can do this all night, man. I, I love <laughs> I love this stuff. Uh, uh, all right, Robbie's asking, uh, is there a match where a wrestler won uh, that you clearly thought the opponent should have won the match? Good question. Mm.
1: there's guys that I thought should have went over instead of the other guy. but as, as far as it sounds like the way the question is worded, it, it sounds like, uh, this, did I think the, the Steelers should have beat the, the 49ers? You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, uh, There's always instances where, you, you know, there's guys that you think like, wow why they haven't put him over you know i i'm not not gonna throw names out like that and i you know that that, and i really can't think of anybody right off the bat Mm -hmm. that really sticks out but i think of anybody that should have won that didn't you know uh, it's business you win and then you lose you know it's nobody gonna win all the time yeah Uh, it's a business you gotta do
0: yep cole is asking do you have a good story of benoit to share with us
1: Oh, Chris was a. I had a,
0: Chris was a good
1: guy. It, it was funny back in the day when we was doing TV's at Center Stage and uh, Chris was really good friends with a Big uh, Big Max Payne, uh, the, uh, Man Mountain,
0: Man Mountain Rock. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Who <laughs> was Max Payne at the time? Right.
0: Yep, that so was. Man,
1: we'd be doing TV tapings down at Center Stage and Booker T ordered a hot dog. It had mustard and ketchup on it. It was a beautiful hot dog he had sitting down there. He had to go run and do an interview real quick. But <laughs> he was gone, Ben yeah. Wall took that hot dog and ate it about three bites. <laughs> 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 now, Hoover's a great guy, but he don't, he don't want to be rid you know. Yeah. And he come back and saw his hot dog was gone. And he got mad. Wow. And he started cutting a promo. <laughs> and he looked over there, and Chris stepped up. So I don't know what happened to your hot dog when you have mustard all trip. But oh, <laughs> no. the, the, the booker saw that and he just he, he didn't say anything, to Chris. He just got mad. He just knew he'd get ripped. Yeah. 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 Right. oh <laughs> <my God. laughs> but you can see underneath he was boiling, but he didn't want nobody messing with his food. You know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I thought it was funny. But no. Chris, uh I'll never forget uh one of my birthdays, I was in, uh, with WWE. I was 40 yeah, something, approaching 50, I guess. But, uh, I was still in my late 40s and uh, I had a birthday out on the road. You know, sometimes that's not always easy. You kind of want to be around your family. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, we was in some little town in Italy and uh, Chris and Chavo Jr. went to the cater and had a magnificent gourmet, birthday cake. It was awesome. It was like some velvet cake with some special. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. And uh they brought me this big cake in the locker room and uh, Benoit and Chavo saying happy birthday to me in the locker room. And then um, we divided up cake amongst everybody and went out and had the show. And Benoit might have had a little cake in the corner of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now I gotta. Now I gotta figure out. Now I gotta kind of uh, <laughs> kind of rake through all the shows and figure out uh, which uh, match <laughs> will I see some cake residue yeah, on. the yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. yeah. river. Benoit was a river too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've definitely heard about Benoit Ribbon for sure. Uh, here's a really good question. Uh, you ever witnessed Rush's court?
1: Oh yeah, I was in a couple of wrestlers' courts.
0: Oh, please share. Uh, please I, share. Uh, the girls
1: all one time it was over. Uh, had a big beef. Oh, gosh, I get it. it was Charmel was mad at it, and she had to write a right reach to be. And I forgot the other girl's name. Oh, Melina, Melina. They had. I thought they were going to come blow blows at one point in time, so, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And they had a big wrestlers' court over it, you know, and you know, and I got to thinking, jeez. Oh, we're overseas. We're sitting here in the catering room with a big wrestler's court about the girls arguing in the locker room. I said, there's, there's a moolah to be rolling over in her grave right now. <laughs> they didn't remember, you know, and they brought it out to everybody else to see, you know, yeah. but, uh, I mean, but, uh, and there was a couple of them. Uh, they, uh, there was one more. I can't even remember who it was. But I wasn't in on any of the good ones. All the funny ones happened uh, before I was there at uh, WWE. And uh, mm-hmm. and, and the, a couple of the funny ones I really couldn't get to tell you on, on the air, to be honest with you. But now, based,
0: now, based on your wrestler's court experience, so so Taker's usually the one who's like the judge, right? He's, he's well, no, not necessarily.
1: It's whoever you know that you sit in and then the main – it's more like everybody that listens is part of it. There's one, ju- there's one judge. Yeah. If taker's there. Then he would be the guy. Mm-hmm. Whoever usually is the main guy kind of stands over. And there's usually somebody that will defend There's somebody that will prosecute. Or you, or you, you know, you, you speak for yourself, you know, whatever it may be. But uh, most of the time, wrestlers court always ended up turning into being a joke. You know, it was, you know, it wasn't meant to be, you know, somebody's going to get, Flogged, or something like that, you know, or fired or beat up, or anything. It was, it was more of a funny, ha-ha thing, yeah.
0: yeah. But,
1: but it was like it was like ripping on the square you got your point across, and you let them know, hey, look, this ain't right, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we're calling you out on it, but we're not, you know, straighten it up before it gets, you know, so it don't have to get at it, you know, yeah. <clears throat> you know what I
0: mean? Speaking of. Wrestlers together, uh, and we'll we'll uh, we'll close after this. Uh, where were you doing the plane ride from hell incident?
1: Plane ride from hell, which one was that coming I I
0: back from uh uh Europe? Um, where was it almost like, uh, crashed that
1: one time, or?
0: no, the plane ride where Lesnar and uh, Perfect. Oh, was wrestling up
1: and down the aisles. So yeah,
0: Flair was uh yeah. was exposing oh, yeah. himself we and Hayes got his uh his hair cut and all oh, yeah. Of yeah Oh yeah that was that was nice. It was a, uh, I'm a very light
1: sleeper so I was good. I was able to doze but man, I, I, I can hear what's going on around me, especially So you were
0: in the you were on the plane? Oh
1: yeah, I was on the plane. Wow. Yeah it was it was almost as bad as the B bus on uh, WCW, but not quite.
0: The B-Bus?
1: Oh, the B-Bus on WCW was absolutely...
0: Whoa, 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 Share. I, I don't know about this.
1: Oh, the B-Bus was the heel bus on WCW. That was the bus that everybody rode on and ended up uh, in some town in England That uh, when Arn and Sid got in that big fight.
0: Oh, the stabbing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the B-Bus was the bus <laughs> that all got started on, and then that all happened on the very first night of the tour. What and, year was this? Huh? What year was this? Oh gosh, I don't remember. It was in, it was in mid nineties, sometime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was uh, probably no more earlier nineties. It was I like mid yeah. Thing yet. Yeah. And, uh, let's see. Max Payne was still there, and uh, Rude was there, and uh, Sid was there, and so it, so it was it was uh, early mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was uh, that was a. a, a
0: 93. Total debauchery.
1: Total debauchery. Yeah. yeah. The B bus Boss. got Brian Knobbs story.
0: I'll it, go for it.
1: It was the last night. I think it was that tour. It might have been. It was that tour or what close to it. And uh, he, he, the night before, he was in the hotel bar and the big Harris twins was in there, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Ron and Don.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Nob's a great guy, funny, funny guy. He's just wide open. And if he starts ribbing on you and bagging on you. It can become unbearable. So he was bagging on one of these Harris boys, and the Harris boy was wanting to, to, to wail on him.
0: There's some big dudes. Yeah. So the other
1: brother was kind of holding him back. So nothing happened that night. But it was only a couple of hours we had to get on the bus, right? So we're all... Getting on the bus, we threw our stuff on there. And there's about four or five of us on the bus, and Nobs is standing down there where where you put your bags up. So now the Harris boys come walking up, and Nobs goes, "Hey, Harris boys, put your heads together and make a butt." Oh goodness! And when he said that, they both looked at him and went, boop. <laughs> they started start wailing on poor Nobs. Now Brian's standing there. He still got a, he's still drinking beer, I guess, for the night before he got a beer in his hand now, and all of a sudden, bam, 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 he's getting rocked back and forth. He didn't drop one drop of that beer. <laughs> he got, I mean, he was getting rag Wow. He stood out there for a minute. The Harris boys, they they get on the bus and then one of them had rings on it. He had blood all coming down his knuckles. And the other one was knuckles, was scuffed up. Nubs got on there and all he had was a couple of red spots in his head, right? <laughs> and he still got the beard in his hand and looks at everybody on the bus going, Hey, how I do
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're getting great, brother. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Well, there's some really uh good questions uh still left uh on the on the table, but we'll save them for next. Uh we gotta have you back, man. You've been uh a pleasure. Uh I really, really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Uh Michael said uh this is um his favorite interview of uh, 2019. So, all right, cool. Yeah, that's well, thank awesome. you very much, Michael. And I and I have an interview every week, so I've had 50, what uh, 50 interviews of this this year. So, cool. uh, <laughs> or, or at least uh, like I'll have like two partners. So at least I've had 40. I have I have an interview every week. So for him to say that that's uh, that says a lot, man. So uh, I uh, I appreciate you. Uh, sorry that I sorry for anybody I didn't ask your question. Nick will be back soon. Uh, we got to get you back to do this stuff, man. I can do. We've been on. We've been on almost an hour. It doesn't seem like it. So, <laughs> no man <I'm laughs> right. went back quick.
1: Went back quick. Yeah, man, yeah, was right. a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks a lot, man. I'll talk to you soon. All
1: right, brother. Take care. man. All right, bye bye.
0: Nick Patrick, <clears throat> thanks much, Nick Patrick, for being on the show, man. Awesome, awesome, good stuff. I really, really appreciate it. Um. All right, so we're gonna freestyle it a lot tonight. Uh, I really didn't have much headlines to talk about. Um, I wanted to, haven't watched all of Into the Fire yet. Uh, I know that Marty Skull, uh, uh, Marty Skull is uh, in the NWA now. Um, came out uh, on Power, and so uh, I- I'm interested to see. How that was, we'll talk about, uh, I did watch Final Battle, though, um, and I did um, want to discuss with the PMP Nation uh, the uh, Jericho thing that uh, I, th- I found out to be very, very interesting, the Jericho thing, uh, as far as uh, him having a, a meeting about the tag team uh, <laughs> The the problems with the tag team division. So I definitely want to talk about that, and of course uh, I want to do most of the I want to do mostly any ask Chris questions tonight. tonight. And then uh, as we uh, go into the Royal Rumble season, um, I'll I'll do this I'll do this. I'll actually let the PNP Nation ask the Royal Rumble trivia questions. I'll leave the trivia uh, up to you all tonight. I'll put the trivia question on the screen and I'll have the PNP Nation answer the trivia question that anybody uh, anybody asked on, on the chat. So uh, I'll let the PNP Nation uh, determine the trivia tonight and uh, if anybody has a Royal Rumble related uh, Firm of the Week uh, question, just throw it out there. So I uh, purposely wanted to freestyle tonight. Is the uh, we only have uh, what three, two more episodes, and like I said, the uh, the New Year's Eve episode, we're still going to have it, <clears throat> not going to cancel it. But I think I got some ministry to do uh, that night, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to have it around like um, like 7 7 or seven thirty or something like that. It's going to be abbreviated, it'll probably only be like an hour but I think maybe like a seven to eight Eastern. I'm really, I always st- stick with 11. Um, but, uh, because it's going to be new year's Eve and, um, I'm, I'm having a, I'm, I'm throwing a big Jesus party at a, a good, uh, a good pastor friend of mine's church. Uh, so I'll be DJing and uh, we're going to bring in the new year, just having a lot of fun. So, I think that we'll do the show that day around seven to 7 thirty. Uh, follow at Chris prolific as you see right there. follow at Chris prolific and I'll definitely will give you all details on uh, that show the New Year's Eve uh, show. Christmas Eve uh, normal we'll have uh, we'll have the show on Christmas Eve. So basically I'll be uh, celebrating Christmas with you all because I'll be going into Christmas. Uh, with the shows, the Christmas Eve is next week, so <clears throat> very interesting stuff. And the New Year's Eve is uh, the Wednesday after. Uh, like I said, around seven seven thirty. We'll we'll make some abbreviations for that. Um, going into the new year. All right, just uh, those are just some quick announcements going into, um, going to the new year. Uh, the last. Uh, two more shows left uh, for the new year. So again, any ask Chris questions, uh, go for them. Any trivia that you have for Royal rumble, uh, go ahead and post it. I'll go ahead and uh, put it up. And, um, we do want to talk about, uh, just your thoughts on final battle. Talk about final battle a little bit. And we'll also talk about, uh, Chris Jericho's, uh, meeting that he had any other thoughts that you have. Uh, we'll make it, we'll make it happen. Um, all right, let's see what else we have. Uh, all right, we already got, already got some really good experts questions. So I will that, uh, uh Nick, uh, Corey is your number one fan. Nick Patrick. That's uh, really cool, uh, big shout out to Michael. Uh, all right. Alonzo is asking, what is your opinion of the recent WWE releases it's in Carlo Carp Ascension and Jordan Miles? Uh, we talked about it on the show, I think, last week. Um, I mean, I, none of them were of much. Uh, I don't want to say it's definitely worth isn't isn't the word so they're all worth I mean they're all of worth by being WWE uh, superstars but I would say I would say importance they weren't of great importance at the time I no, none of them were surprising uh, Jordan miles definitely wasn't surprising he, he wanted to he wanted to be let go and then he burned bridges with you know I mean he had a bad start with MOW with the Opera Cup <clears throat> Um so I really, man, I, I just, I want to talk to that guy. I really want to talk to Jordan Miles, man. I want to have some, some, some certified life coach intervention with him. I think I have my life coach, uh, certificate. Oh, it's in my, my wall of, this is my studio here. Um, my studio office is what I call it. Studio office. And I, uh, on my wall, I have a, um, uh, kind of like a my, a few of my, on my, my certifications and my personal trainer certification and my uh life coach <coughs> certification it's uh but yeah i wanted to show I'm like dude i i i want to talk to you i want to talk to you ach i want to talk to you man um you know i i really pray i really hope and pray man that uh you would allow me to um to discuss some hard truths with you man and love um and just uh, really kind of get this thing together. I'm currently a mental health therapist. I'm I'm a, a um, certified. I'm certified here in the state of Ohio. I'm a qualified mental health specialist. Um, and yeah, I want to talk to you, man. I'm a certified life coach. I'm about to be I'm about to be a doctor in psychology, and I'm about to. And after that, I'm gonna get my second master's in clinical mental health counseling. So that's my my quick. Elevator pitch of my credentials: ACH. A- I've been in ministry for twenty-one years. I want to talk to you, man. So, uh, so have your people call my people. <laughs> you don't even have to call my people. Call me. Talk to me. Um, hit me up on uh, Facebook, Chris Featherstone. Send me a message. Send, send a message to the Crave Wrestling um, Facebook page. Um, let's let's make this happen, man. So, in all seriousness. I want to talk to you, man. I wanna get gritty with this stuff because I'm 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 frustrated at this, I'm disappointed at this, and uh I'm I'm hoping that um, I can help in any way uh therapy wise, man, because just don't allow social media to um to to, to prostitute. Uh, st- something that needs some—you need to talk to somebody about. So, social media can do that. There, there are savages in social media that just want to glow. I just want to uh, have fun with um, with your ongoing frustrations, and they just want to add fuel to the fire. Now, from a journalistic standpoint, I reported those things and I've had, you know, uh, some, uh, you know, me and uh, JTG, you know, we had uh, an episode on that. And of course, you know, as a journalist, I'm going to report those things. But in all seriousness, man, from a personal standpoint, throw journalism out the door. I want to talk to you, ACH, if I can just talk to you on the phone, if you just allow me to to uh to to dig man and, and to get some hard troops and 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 chat with you that'll be fantastic so contact me pnp nation uh if you can if you can t- uh tweet ach and give them my <clears throat> twitter handle uh at chris prolific right there let me know um uh, uh elvis is asking oh, what do i think about seth and lp teaming up uh, I think it's a I think it's a good move for uh for Seth. Uh, I think it's one of those things that you can't just really, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a Roman Reigns fan. I'm a Roman Reigns apologist. <laughs> when it comes to the WWE, I was cool with them keeping him babyface because it's one of those things that WWE fans, pro wrestling fans, period, are just so fickle, fickle, fickle. Uh, <laughs> the the pro wrestling fans are. That just, you know, swapping people from face to heel to face to heel to face to heel, it just hurts not only the the, the person who's turning, but other people that's trying to be stable and trying to, to develop a character. So you can't always make a turn based on what fans are saying. You can't you can't do that all the time. You can't do it most of the time, actually. But with Seth, I think it works for him because I think it was one of those universal things because at least Roman Reigns was getting bipolar, like like bipolar, uh, like polarizing heat. You know, it, there was a reaction for Roman Reigns. You know, it, it it was not good. I wasn't a fan of it because I think that people just didn't give Roman Reigns his just dude like they are now. Because if you think about, it, there was a meme that I saw. Uh, there was a a picture that I saw recently that was talking about AJ Styles, Braun Strowman. Uh, there was like three or four names that Roman helped put over. And, uh, and I was, and I was like, you know, you, you can't complain about them, especially with Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, single handedly made Braun Strowman a star. Name me one other person that has feuded with Braun Strowman that has elevated him to the level that Roman Reigns has. Uh i don't i think you'd have a hard time naming that person so um roman reigns is definitely didn't get his just due but with rollins though i think it was one of those things that we universally kind of was like yeah like it's just a it's just a non-reaction like he started to get booed because people just they were just tired of the shtick you know and um beating Brock Lesnar you know it's so funny because I always think about pivotal moments when it comes to fan reactions because I can't stand just fickle fandom I don't I don't like that at all um but one thing I did realize with with so so Roman I think the pivotal moment was the rumble um when they everybody wanted I think it was in Pittsburgh if I'm not mistaken <clears throat> um uh, everybody wanted Daniel Bryan to win and Roman Reigns ended up winning. So Rock came out, and that still, that still didn't work. So the pivotal moment for Roman Reigns was the Daniel Bryan thing. I think the pivotal moment for Seth Rollins was the, uh, if if I can pinpoint something, uh, I would say that it was the, uh, the battle royal to determine the number one contender on Raw, uh, like the raw or two before, uh, or maybe three, before SummerSlam, because you know he went against uh, uh Brock Lesnar and beat him at SummerSlam, <clears throat> and um, I'm not, I don't remember exactly that date. Um, let me see, so maybe like a number one contender battle royal, um. Uh, Universal Championship or something like that. Um, So, it's July. It was in July. So, the Raw Battle Royal in July. um, But Seth won. So, it was um, the 15th of July. Yeah. So, that was the pivotal moment to me <clears throat> for Seth Rollins because people just was like, "Oh no, again!" You know, it was like Seth Rollins again. Oh, and I know that's how I felt because I, I didn't want Seth to win the Royal Rumble. Actually, I didn't want him. Like Seth versus Brock just just didn't cut it for me. Uh, I'm glad I was at Mania. I'm glad that it was first. I think it was a very solid Mania this year. I was glad that that was first. I wasn't happy. I, I'm not a Brock guy either, but um, I was. I was not happy that Seth won. To me, it was just like you're kind of forcing this. I really liked Seth last year and that workhorse type of role. He fit. In that perfectly he was super over last year when he had the intercontinental championship had that you know 60 plus minute iron you know kind of gauntlet match on raw he was way over um it's it's crazy because last year it was a whole different ball game but this year was it was much different because people just weren't buying him kind of being thrust into the main event picture and to people were just weren't buying him being a viable opponent for Brock Lesnar including myself and then for him to beat him and then when the uh the um uh, the Battle Royal in in July and then yeah so it was July 15th it was Baron Corbin Biggie Bobby Lashley Braun Strowman Cesaro Orton Mysterio Reigns and Zayn So there were I mean there were some heavy hitters in that in that 10-man battle royal that night. So yeah, I think I wanted I didn't want Roman. I mean Roman Reigns is my favorite out of that list, but I didn't want Roman Reigns to win because they were still kind of they're still kind of building him up to be a good baby face. And they're still they're doing a pretty good job at it. I still I, I like the slowness of really kind of getting the good graces with the fans. I think that that's keep that slow burn going. Um, so I didn't want him to win. I didn't want, um, any of the heels to win. Uh, I did. I think I wanted, uh, Cesaro. Actually, I think I did want Cesaro to win and become a babyface because I didn't see Braun, um, I think Braun was the favorite of 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 that night, but when he didn't win, I think it was one of those things like, okay, so who else could it be? They're not going to do Lastly, although I've been saying Lastly, Lesnar, y'all. For for those who look at the show, who listen and watch the show every week, y'all know that countless amount of times I always say Lastly, Lesnar, Lashley Lesnar, Lastly, Lesnar, Lastly, Lastly. My man. <laughs> I mean, just I, I want Lashley Lesnar. Lashley is a baby face. Lesnar is a heel. But I didn't think I, I knew that weren't going to do that. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'm cool with Cesaro Lesnar. Um, totally cool with Cesaro Lesnar. Even if Cesaro loses, I think it would be a great opportunity for him. But it was just same old Seth Rollins. So it was just like, for me, that was just kind of like the pivotal point for me, just like, yeah. And you could tell that the fans were just kind of turning their backs on him, too. So I think that was the pivotal point for him. But I think with teaming up with L.P., I think it it really... I like Seth's heel. I like Seth as a heel right now, because when I want him to lose, that's I mean, that's what heels are all about. You want them to lose. Um and I think um I actually want him to beat Rey Mysterio uh for an end game. I want him to become universe, uh United States champion because it opens up an opportunity for a baby face to shine, whoever they insert there. Uh I think he'll and it probably I I would prefer a US title feud with uh Rollins and and, and Owens. I actually I'd be I'd be totally cool with that I I' would totally be cool with with Rollins Owens at mania for the U.S title build this thing up uh three and a half months is is no time to push the feud uh, I mean that's nothing I mean there's three and a half months before mania so perfect opportunity um let it let it build let it build I'm glad it wasn't at TLC as much as it seemed like it was the right thing to put it on TLC. I'm glad it didn't go on there because you got to build this thing. Keep building. We didn't see Owens uh, uh, on Raw. Ray Mysterio's in the feud now. So he's like a, in addition to it. I, I like it. I, I like what I'm seeing with this. I think it's a good feud. I think it's a good build. It's one of the only things that I really enjoy the build up as far as a feud storyline wise on Raw right now. I think you got to slow it, make it real slow and methodical. And I think what you do is you do old school booking. Three and a half months is nothing, <laughs> you know, to 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 have a feud and really spend some time. And three and a half months is what—fourteen weeks. So that's perfect. That's that's perfect. So I think that's what you do: build it up, um, and you continue to have. You you can even. You can even do like a big injury angle with uh, with uh, Owens. You can have uh, Owens and um, <clears throat> Owens get jumped by all three of them. That puts them off TV to about February. Now you have Mysterio with uh, with Seth Rollins, and you have them feud. Have them go at the Royal Rumble, something like that. You know, I think that will that will work. I think you have Seth win next Monday. I know there's spoilers out. I haven't seen him yet, so I don't know. If Seth didn't win on Monday, I think he should win uh, the title before the Royal Rumble or at the Royal Rumble. One or the other. Um, <clears throat> so that's what you do. Yeah, you, know, you eventually build this to Owens versus Rollins for the U.S. Championship at Mania. I think that'll be that'll be great. So right now, I like what I'm seeing with that with that tandem. Uh, can I find out if Nick does autographs? If he does, can I get information? um sure uh remind me on twitter or facebook send me a facebook message about that so uh what i personally overcome this week sickness (laughs) thank god (laughs) excuse me i'm I'm, I'm hiccuping um sickness man i was uh as as y'all know i was stuffy last week still a little stuffy right here uh I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big Chris Farley is my all-time favorite uh favorite actor. So when I said this, I thought about uh um Not Tommy Boy but um oh my gosh. Not Tommy Boy. The one before Tommy Boy. Um uh talking about uh I do car parts for the American people cuz Oh, Dan Aykroyd was on her too. Um, I'm not going to look at the chat because I'm sure y'all probably already have it. Uh, not Tommy Boy. Okay, it was Tommy Boy because Black Sheep is my all-time favorite, so it was Tommy Boy. Okay, so it was Tommy Boy. So, Tommy Boy's 95, Black Sheep was 96. He came out every year with one before he passed. Airhead's 94. Um, but he really started Tommy Boy is really what he starred in. Tommy Boy '95, Black Sheet '96, Beverly Hills Ninja '97, Almost Heroes '98. Yeah, very interesting stuff. But yeah, Tommy Boy. Uh, so when he got when he got hit what the other it was a two by four or something, and uh, they were at the restaurant. And he was like, he's like, uh, do I have something? He was like, it it hurts. He's like, not not here or here so much. But right here. <laughs> and know, uh, when I did that, I thought about that, that Farley, Farley moment. Um, yeah. So all right. So that was what I overcame. Thank you for asking. Lexi's asking, what are my thoughts surrounding Charlotte's actions at TLC with Kari sane Do I think she generally did not know Kari was hurt, or did you think her ongoing frustrations came out? Yeah, I mean, I think that she was frustrated. I think um now I don't think that she knew that K- uh, Carrie was concussed. I think um, from what I heard, it was early on, like uh, it was some table spot or something like that, that she got concussed. Um, but the chair, the, the the chair darting and things like that, when she was kind of darting chairs and stuff, I don't know if that if that affect her. I mean, I don't know if her concussion kind of made her loopy. But uh, yeah, I was like, Carrie, what in the world are you doing? Um, she was just kind of – she she bounced. She she was kind of just carelessly just throwing a chair and then, then bouncing here in her face. And then she started darting the chair. And then Charlotte was just kind of looking at her like, what in the world are you doing? And she kind of darted back at her. So you could tell that that wasn't scripted. That wasn't a part of the script. And then she – that that power bomb spot was just—I mean, you could tell that, that even now if even if that was a part of the the booking, if that was a part of the process, you could tell that Carrie just wasn't in it. I mean, it was just she was just kind of like lifeless in a sense, and she had to really kind of come up, and and Charlotte kind of had a—I don't think she was purposely sandbagging. I definitely don't think she was purposely sandbagging. I would say that Carrie saying, you know, I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine her doing something like that. Just sandbagging. Um, I, I would also s- say that it's not a good idea for her to do that this early at all, really, but especially this early in her pro wrestling career to this purpose of sandbag. I definitely didn't think that, that that was the case. I just think that Kari was just out of it. I just think she was out of it in that powerbomb spot. It was it just seemed like it was improvised. She tried to like. I think Charlotte tried to do a spear on her, and just it was botched. And the, the chair shots just really didn't work out either. You could tell that Charlotte was frustrated. Um, and then that power bomb spot, I do, I do think that powerbomb spot was improvised. Um, and just uh, she was. I don't think she was purposely sandbagging. I just think that she. I mean, if someone's concussed. You're. just think about it. If someone's, someone has a concussion. So, and then you're trying to, uh, they're trying to sell a move. So with, with every move, it it, it takes two people. Typically to execute a really good move or just execute any move, really even a body slam. Uh, so she tried to she she, she tried to flip over a concussed person. and, And the fact that, when when someone does the power bomb it's, it takes two people so you, you're having you're, you're lifting and the person is kind of boosting themselves up to to make it a very seamless transition to do an actual power bomb and uh, Carrie, you know mentally at that point she was just out of it so i mean i would imagine that frustrated charlotte but i imagine she didn't think she was concussed at that point too so i think it was just kind of a little bit of everything it was just a really sloppy sloppy match it was just it was sloppy sloppy match um as far as tlc is concerned uh i wasn't a big fan of it i think it was just a an okay pay-per-view um I liked the Daniel Bryan, uh, ROH, uh, American Dragon comeback. I think that was pretty cool. Then it was the best part of it. It wasn't, in, it wasn't terrible matches. I mean, I really didn't care about Raiders against OC, and especially OC beat them on Raw. That was interesting. It seemed like they're doing the 50-50 thing with the Viking Raiders now. Why in the world would you have the Viking Raiders be so dominant for weeks and weeks and weeks and now do 50-50 with the OC who's like the king of 50-50 as far as tag teams. You do all this 50-50 booking with tag teams, you actually have the Viking Raiders who are being dominant, who look dominant, and then you're 50-50 booking them with someone who, with a team who always gets 50-50 books. So no one looks really good right now. So that's just poor booking. That's that's a poor way to try to get somebody over by having them (laughs) lose against... A team that's start stop pushed all the time—it's just mind-boggling to me. Um, the lastly, Rusev stuff can go. I'm just not—I'm not into it. I mean, I, I'm sure. I, I, I hope this payoff is leading to something. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the engagement thing—that eh, just. I, I'm not buying it. I'm not into it. Corbin defeating Reigns, I think that was a cool, I think it was cool. I, th- I think it was a good way to put, uh, again, this, this slow build. I think it's a good thing. Of course, from what I've heard, Reigns, uh, Corbin, the Corbin feud right now is just uh, kind of like a cushion or whatever, just kind of like a, a um, what am I looking for? Just kind of like a uh, standby type of thing. Uh, for reigns and, and and the rumors are reigns versus bray the fiend and mania i just i i you know what unless unless i don't want reigns to to win at mania unless the person that he's going into it gets is getting a whole lot of heat that's the reason why kofi and daniel bryan work so well because people hated Daniel Bryan and I always say a good baby face stems from a good heel or a good heel makes a good baby face. And that's what Kofi, that's how Kofi and Bryan worked. It was just amazing. It worked so good because Daniel Bryan was so good as a heel and that and in order to get reigns over as that, that mania moment, he's got to, he's, he's got to dance with a good heel. I mean, People always, people, people crap on Shane being a heel. I'm, I'm a Shane guy. I prefer him as a babyface. But Shane, and when Shane and Drew were together, that helped Reigns substantially as a babyface. Corbin right now, people hate Baron Corbin. He's a heel. He's one of the best heels in WWE, substantially helping Roman Reigns. He gets chill, cheered like crazy now. So you got to keep with that heel thing. And as crazy as I don't like it, as much as I don't like it, people are cheering Bray Wyatt. They shouldn't be. It's like, dude, you're cheering for someone who just invaded someone's family, someone's wife and kid. But you're cheering that and saying, let them in. Type of deranged society (laughs) we're in right now. But, I mean, if if Reigns Bray is the projection for Mania, you've got... A short amount of time. You only've got a good two months probably to really hone in on making Drew. I mean, not, not making Drew, but making Bray Wyatt or the Fiend a hated guy. Somehow you're gonna have to do that. Make him super hated and make this work. Um, otherwise, you're gonna get the same reaction. People are gonna be booing Roman Reigns, and it just all you spent this whole year making it as if finally Reigns is a top babyface, and he's in a good spot, a really sweet spot, gets cheered a lot, uh, gets cheered more this year than he has really ever <laughs> post-SHIELD. Uh, so you can't just blow that away. You spent the whole year trying to make what you have wanted to happen for years now. You can't just blow it away from some, some match at mania. You, you can't do that. You, you can't risk it. You can't risk it um for that so I, I wouldn't do it um as far as uh, the rest of TLC i mean eh, new day and revival was really good B- big props to that i was happy that that surprised that buddy Mur- murphy had so much offense on Aleister black if the if the whole if the goal is to push alistair black and make him the guy it just didn't, it just it was just odd to me to see that much offense coming from buddy murphy especially when it seems like he's probably going to just be fodder for four hours to black so but yeah that was that was uh tlc um and then raw as far as raw and smackdown just same old same old yeah yeah (laughs) i just really uh it was just really yeah nothing that really stood out what the heck are they doing with bailey man bailey just seems so out of place i just they had her cut her here deanna perrazzo on raw how about that that was interesting um but yeah, uh, Orton Styles is a good match. Uh, That's a pretty good match, actually. Um, yeah, Gotland match was too long. Um, just to lead up, uh, you know, just to lead to the Rollins thing that that took that was just way too long. And then Seth Rollins is uh, doing she, he's killing it. I think he's doing a good uh, good job. Um, good question, Lexi, as always. Um. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, Daniel. Cheering for a schizophrenic stalker, hashtag WWE logic. Yeah, that's odd. Yeah, uh, and I agree with this as well. Um, Reigns still looks strong. I think that I think the ending was off. Uh, I think uh, the goal is to make Reigns look strong, but I would have saved that for SmackDown. You, you didn't need to do that at the end of of uh, of, of the show. Stay, save it for SmackDown. Build this thing up. Do it. Have a match at uh, at Royal Rumble. Um, if if you if you're gonna have him lose to Corbin, have him lose to Corbin. Have the fans hate Corbin and can't wait until Friday where the babyface gets his comeuppance. Like it just doesn't make sense to me that you would do something like that. It just that's just weird to me um, that you would that you would say, okay, well, let's have the heel beat the babyface. But at the end of the night, let's have the baby face spear him off the platform into a bunch of people. So the heel winning really didn't mean much because the baby face is over tonight anyways. It just, again, I don't understand what goes on in these production meetings. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it. I'm like, man, you know, I don't get paid to think about this stuff. And it's like maybe because I've been watching wrestling for almost 35 years to understand just the dynamics of it. And a lot of those people who are writers, <laughs> they're just kind of like people from from the outside who knows how to produce, you know, uh television. So they're not really like gritty, like died hard fans, which I what's obviously you can obviously tell that not having you know, not being a gritty, diehard wrestling fan is just a really missing element. You could tell with you know with, with a lot of stuff that you see, unfortunately. You know, Heyman's doing this thing, trying to be the director of all that. But just like just like Bishop said, like when he was executive director, he had to hire a higher team. You know, he had to, you know, oversee a team and all that stuff. So you're overseeing a whole lot of things. And it's just a weird, a weird thing. You can tell that the people who are writing <laughs> don't really know the ins and outs of. Of really dynamic and just really building stuff and stretching it and getting us emotionally involved, you really don't see that, and, and I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Uh let's see, good stuff, guys. Very, very good stuff. Uh Evans, uh, sick. I uh, chatted with him. I ch- I talk to Evan every day. Um, chatted with, with him earlier. Wasn't feeling too well. Um, <clears throat> Lonzo's asking where he is. Uh, not feeling too well. So he might, uh, he might be asleep. <laughs> he might be asleep. Uh, he's a night owl like me. So it'll probably pop up and let me know, like, oh man, I fell asleep. Um, Cole's asking, what's the word on NXT being a co-man event at Mania? Will it be an NXT championship match or cross-brain match? Uh, I, th- I think it's for the NXT championship, which I'm like, man, I, I yeah, he, I don't want that. I don't want it to happen. It's like make NXT its own entity, man. Like you're 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 slowly just sprinkling way too much WWE into NXT right now. Make takeover be a thing, and it's like I'll be there, you know, I'll be there at WrestleMania weekend, and it's like I want NXT. Like, let's make NXT a thing. Let's keep NXT takeover a thing. Let's separate it from Mania. Now, granted, um, you know, for NXT people, if they're actually on the main card of Mania, that's huge for them. You know, say if Adam Cole or whoever is left, I want to see Adam Cole versus Keith Lee personally. I want Keith Lee to, to win the title. But. I I get it, you know, if they're on WrestleMania, but to me, I'm still like, you don't want to make, you don't want to give us more main roster like stuff. And like, we're already dissatisfied with the stuff that we already have. Like I I got three kids. I'm like, you know what, before you ask for anything more, do better with what you have. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's how I feel with WWE product before we get some, before we get more stuff, like. Do better with what we have, and that's how I feel about that. I mean, I, I don't want NXT to be a main roster feel. I mean, uh, Champa. Speaking of that, let's talk about that real quick. T- Tomaso Champa was—I think he was interviewed by—I think it was—Chasing uh, Glory, whatever—with uh, Lillian Garcia. She's a she's a really good uh, podcaster. Um, she's she's her podcasting is really good. I mean, she's not a. He's not a podcaster. Of course, you know, she's a ring announcer, but uh, I think that they've done a pretty good job um, with NXT with keeping it um, separate. Um, so I appreciate that. The only thing is that um, I think with. I think with NXT, you still kind of you still got to have that feel where, it's, where it needs to be main roster. Muscle because the thing is, people in the main roster are going to want to be on NXT. Because according to Ciampa, he said that he said a few things. He said, one, um, uh, he did, he doesn't want to be a part of Raw or SmackDown. He said that he's banged up, um, you know, he doesn't know how much time he has to go, he wants to be, uh, you know, a backstage, um. A trainer. He wants to work in, in that in that role. He said that he'd rather spend a few more years with NXT because they only they only compete, you know, about a good fifty times or so uh, a year, as opposed to you know five times more than that, you know, with uh, with Raw or SmackDown. So I think it's a smart move. I think it's a very smart move for for Ciampa to say, you know what, I'd rather stay on NXT and take the big pay cut and be and happy and have longevity and satisfied and be a top guy then just go into the main roster and just get you know uh, stuck in the muddy waters man <laughs> you know and I, major kudos to 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 Ciampa for that and so I, i'd imagine you know someone like a baller too and i would imagine some people on raw or smackdown are kind of going kind of want that you know kind of going to kind of want the you know what uh i agree (laughs) i agree that um i i I agree that i want that type of deal too if i'm if you're saying i'm wrestling four or five times less for i mean like a like a lower tier guy like a kirito's hour or something like that i'm sure that there's not much of a difference between you know Flipping over NXT and being on Raw, uh, being on Raw right now as far as pay wise. So if I was someone like a Kiroto's or something like I'm like, man, put me over here, NXT. I want to. I will take NXT, please. Um. So yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I think I think I give major kudos for that. So I don't know what the, I don't know exactly what they're doing with this thing. I think it would be an NXT championship match, but I'm like as a fan um, and as a journalist, keep take over take over i mean keep that keep that feel to it. Takeover is typically one of the best shows in w w e right now all right, I've got a few more minutes left um where's your trivia? You're supposed to be asking trivia guys i'm gonna post some trivia questions for the rest of the p m p nation to to guess. Uh, Elvis is asking who, uh, should, uh, who should face Becky next for the belt? Uh, Oscar. It seems Like they're doing Oscar. Um, I, I, I love Oscar. I, I don't know how I feel about her in this heel role. I'm not a big fan of it, but, um, it just seems like I, I don't want Oscar to be a throwaway feud. And it seems like they're making Oscar a a, a, a throwaway feud. I'm not a fan of that. Um, but it just seems like that's what they're going to do. Royal Rumble, Becky and Oscar, unfortunately. Ah, uh, Lexi Kofi recently announced that he signed an additional five year term in WWE. However, Big E and Xavier have not. Given the rumblings widespread, unhappiness does So, WWE, what do you think? Um, I, I, you know, Big e and Xavier leave WWE, then what? I, I don't see. I think that they. I think WWE is their spot. They've got a, a super dope podcast right now. They're chewing Hall of Famers as the New Day. Um, if you stick the New Day, that's why. When people say break up the New Day. I think that's. I think that's ridiculous. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Why would you want to break up the New Day? And none of them alone would go into the Hall of Fame, uh, in my opinion. So yeah, you, know, you don't do that. You keep them together as a faction. You you keep you keep create. That's what the writers are for to continue to freshen them up. <laughs> that's that's what you do, and so uh, you have them as you have them in the Hall of Fame as a, as a duo. I mean, as a trio. Uh, so that's what you do. And, and I, I don't. I mean, Biggie and Xavier. I think that they're life roots with the WWE. I don't see them going anywhere else and getting the type of um, Success that they uh, have gotten the WWE, so yeah, I think it's kind of reading. I think, I think it's, I think it's nothing. I think it's a matter of just reading, reading in between something that doesn't exist. All right, what are your trivia questions for uh, Royal Rumble? Do I see any yet? Do I see any yet? Um. I'm a big fan of New Day. Always has, always has been. Oh, ah, okay, here we go. Cole is asking, "Who was a 2002 Royal Rumble winner, and who was the last person he eliminated?" Good question, Cole. What do y'all got? Who was the 2002? We might do the if I if if I like what I what I'm seeing this, we might we might do this for the rest of the year. <clears throat> Just have uh, trivia questions come up from the from the PNP Nation. So, I dig it. Who was the 2002 Royal Rumble winner? And who was the last person he um, eliminated? Uh, Mo just said that on backstage New Jay signed together for equal pay. Alright, there you go. Sweet. What do you got? <laughs> what I do if Steph wins the Royal, women's Royal Rumble, I would laugh. <laughs> I would laugh. Uh, let's see. Uh, Wolf, uh, no, uh, there's a YouTube following too, so uh, there's more than people, more than that watching right now. Um, telling me to scroll up. Um, where was going to be 10 from Raw, 10 from SmackDown, 10 from XC? That's going to backfire. Yeah, I, I agree. Because I, I, you got to bring those surprise elements in. I mean, you just, that just makes it's terrible. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, you got, you got to have that t- surprise, that, that, you got to have that element of surprise, uh, in, the Royal Rumble. That's, that's one of the biggest, that's one of the dopest part of the Royal Rumble right now. I mean, just for, for years, you have that element of surprise and you, you have just you know, the surprise, the old school, the legends and all that. It makes it fun. It makes it fun. It's like, what am I, why am I excited about a countdown? If I know every single person in the Royal Rumble, like, I don't care about the order. (laughs) You know, if if I know that, if I know that, uh, Adam Cole is going to be in the Royal Rumble, except except for being a surprise. It's, oh, okay. Well, Adam Cole is going to come out one of these <laughs> one of these entrants. So it's like you got to keep that element of surprise with the Royal Rumble. Um, so what do we got? What do we got for the Royal Rumble Colaxed. Um what is that? 2002 Royal Rumble, and who was the last person he eliminated? What is the what is the uh, answer for that? Um, oh, okay. You guys got some good ones now. Okay, they're coming in. They're coming in. Uh, Elvis, here you go. Triple H won, and Kurt was the last one eliminated. Nice. Who held uh, Michael's asking who held the record for most rumble eliminations before Kane? All right, you guys are doing some good ones here. Um look, come on now. No, Adam Cole and Baser should not win the Royal Rumble. Uh, uh Lexi hinting little little corporate joining AEW, what type of storyline would you have? Be- Good for him, healer face. Uh, you know, he'll probably do the, he'll probably join like the Dark Order or something crazy like that, or the Butcher, the Bunny, the, the Blade, or something crazy like that. My, my, if it was up to me, I would have done Villain Enterprises with uh, him teaming with Brody, Brody uh, King. Uh, Brody, he'll uh, be Brody Lee again, so will be Brody Lee and Brody King. Uh, but Skrull's and NWA now. Um, so. We'll see how that goes, um, but yeah. As far as AEW, probably nothing major, really. Honestly, I don't. I, don't, I can't imagine him joining the inner circle. I don't know how they would bring him in there. I don't know. I don't. Know. Um, I agree. I do agree with this, Luke. Breaking up the new doesn't make any sense. Keep them together. I agree with that one hundred percent. Uh, Kane versus Brock at Mania Main Event. Your thoughts? No, no way. Absolutely no way. Um. All right. So who we got? Uh, what was the? What was okay? Uh, Taker is what Mo is saying. Taker held the. Most Rumble eliminations. Is that correct, Michael? Is that correct? Most Royal Rumble eliminations before Kane. Hmm. Let's see. Most Royal Rumble eliminations. Taker sounds about right. For some reason, I'm thinking Triple H or Shawn Michaels, maybe. Um oh in one match. Oh okay, okay. So in one match. Got it. Ta- uh so perhaps taker. Is it taker, Mike? Or Austin? Maybe it's Austin. Maybe it's Austin. <laughs> uh all right, so we're actually a couple more. I like this a lot, actually. Uh, this is pretty cool who hold the record for the most eliminations right now Are you talking about in one match um, or just most period because I think you still have Kane there at uh, the, the 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 total total eliminations but as far as one match, I think Braun just recently got that. I think Reigns ended up beating Kane, and I think Braun ended up beating Reigns. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, who was the first one to win two Royal Rumble matches? If I'm not mistaken, that would be Hogan, wouldn't it? Didn't Hogan win Um, a... Eighty-nine and ninety, because because uh, at that time it still wasn't the going into the you know went you know whoever wins gets the title because he was champ. So if I'm not mistaken, it was eighty-nine and ninety because Duggan won eighty-eight. Or maybe ninety and ninety-one. Because Duncan 198 was a stud that won And then Hogan 190, and they had the face off with Warrior, and that led to Toronto, WrestleMania 6. And then 91 was um, Hogan 2, I believe. Because I think it was... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think 91 was Hogan, too. Because I think well, Hogan Slaughter was 91. And then Hogan Sid was 92. And then Hogan Yoko was 93. And then he was he was gone, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, thanks, Luke, man. Appreciate you uh coming through, my friend. Uh, who should Brock defend the WWE Championship at uh, against at the Royal Rumble? Good question. Uh, they should do like a battle royal, and uh, uh, let's see who's on. Who's the top baby face on Raw right now? There's not many. Um, yikes! I would do like a battle royal. Man, they have really they have a deficit of top baby faces on Raw that that would make sense to go against Brock. They had Ray, but I don't see that I don't see that happening again. Um you got Kevin Owens, but he's gonna be with Rollins, and you have like then you have like a second tier ones like Ricochet, Humberto Carrillo. I don't see that happening. I don't see that's ha- that happening. And you you don't have any baby faces. Who in the world could who in the world would go against Brock because their baby faces are terrible on raw right now. Wow, that's crazy. I don't I can't really think of anybody that's a really solid baby face that would probably go against Brock right now Mania. I you know what, man? I it wouldn't surprise me if they did a ricochet type thing it really wouldn't surprise me if they did a ricochet uh no Roy warrior did not win 1990 Warrior did not win a royal rumble at all actually uh hogan won the 1990 uh royal rumble um and uh R- 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 90 and 91 um if i'm not mistaken 90 and 91 <clears throat> 90 was Hogan and 91 was Hogan. Yep. Yep. 90 and 91. <sighs> yeah, Randy Ray and KO. Rusev, no, he'll be him and last. I don't see Rusev and and, and Lesnar. Do you do Orton Lesnar again? I wouldn't be too opposed to that, right? I don't know. I wouldn't be too opposed to that. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be too opposed to it. Uh, what year did Vince win the uh, Royal Rumble, guys? What year did Vince win the Royal Rumble? <laughs> that's a that's a good point, Daniel. <laughs> Honestly, doubt Brock even would wrestles at the Rumble won't defend it into Mania or lesser pay per view. Yep. Um what was the other so we're doing Royal Rumble trailer now. So we have uh ninety-nine. There you go. Lee too ninety-nine. Good work. Good work. Um, All right. One more. This has been cool. I really like this trivia. Let's see more trivia. One more trivia question. One more trivia question. And I saw a few of them up here. Let's do. We're doing Royal Rumble. There you go. Elvis, what year did the Taker win the Royal Rumble? Ah, here you go all but the first Rumble was 98. Yep. Um, how many WWE? So, so what year the taker won the Royal rumble for one and then two, how many WWE stars wrestled in the rumble and also had a single match the same night. That's going to be a lot of thinking. I know that, uh, how many stars wrestled Oh, That's a, you got a day for that. I don't know. 17. <laughs> they did. It, they did it a lot in the beginning. Um, in the beginning stages. Uh, but as far as, you know, 30 years of the Royal Rumble, who, <laughs> I don't know, Mike. Do you have that answer, Michael? Uh, who beat the Undertaker at uh, Royal Rumble 93? Royal Rumble 93. Um, that to be... Oh, goodness. What's that? So Yoko, no Yoko. Was that the Casket match? No, because Casket match was 94 because that was SummerSlam Taker versus Taker. Um it had to be 93? He didn't he didn't taker then compete in 93, did he? World Rumble 93? No. Let me see. Find out. I don't think he competed in 93. Mm, no. He, I mean he he was at the rumble. And I think um then that was the whole giant gonzalez thing, because I think it led to another match at SummerSlam 93. I think they had like a casket match at SummerSlam 93 because he beat him he beat him at Mania and then I think Giant Gonzalez eliminated him at. Uh, uh, so he beat him at a rumble. And that's when the feud escalated. Taker beat him at mania. And I think if I'm not mistaken, they had another match at uh, in 93. SummerSlam. I think it was like a casket match or something. Wasn't it? Rest in peace match. That's what it was. A rest in peace match. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right. Cool stuff. 94 taker versus Yoko, yep. Um Okay, cool. Cool. We'll make this the flavor of the week. Flavor of the week is uh early predictions of Royal Rumble winner. There we go. Perfect. We got five minutes left. Um early predictions for the Royal Rumble winner. And you just created the Flavor of the Week. Um, 6.30 start. All right, uh, Mike, thanks, man. Appreciate you coming through as always. All right, this is the Flavor of the Week, guys. Here we go. Early predictions for the men's and women's Royal Rumble winner picks. Uh, Very good question and so good of a question. That is the Flavor of the Week. The men's Royal Rumble winner is going to be so right now you have two heels as champs, and they're probably both of them will probably be champs all the way to Mania. So you have Brock Lesnar and you have the Fiend. I don't think you have there, you know, it's crazy because the more that I think about their baby face selection is bad. They really don't have strong baby faces right now. So it would seem like Drew would be an obvious pick. I think he, But the thing is, does he go against, he doesn't, you know, I, I don't like heel versus heel. Neither do I want to make Bray a face at all. I don't want to make the Fiend a face. I don't want to make a Lesnar a face. Definitely not. He because the faces are so deficient, he needs to put somebody over That's you know, to make them look good as a face. So, hmm. Man, because. Uh, hmm. <laughs> my. My default answer is Bobby Lashley. So he could go against Brock Lesnar because I want to see Lashley Lesnar in Mania. That's my default answer. But as far as just the baby face, I mean, it would have to be a baby face, right? Since you have two heels, we'll just probably keep it until Mania. So it has to be a baby face. But there's not a strong baby face. I mean, do you give it to Reigns? I mean, ew. as you know, you know, y'all know that Reigns is my favorite in WWE. But I will not. I, I would not give it to Reigns. I don't think you do that. But that's what you have right now, though. That's the crazy thing. I think you make I think you might give it to Reigns and have him feud against the fiend. Oh man, I don't want to see that. I think you just I think you just dump a year of building him into a a baby face. Finally where you want him, you just throw it out the door. And then that's what you do. So you probably have Reigns win it and go and, and go against the Fiend, Unfortunately, Ugh, that's going to be bad. I'm I, I unfortunately witness a bunch of booze again from the from the WWE universe. Uh, unfortunately, it sucks. Um, so yeah, probably Reigns for men's uh, and for women's. You'll probably have so you'll have Becky probably keep it, and for the female, you have. Bailey which I don't eh, I know I'm not quite certain that uh, you have Bailey um, keep it to the mania however what you could do is you could have you could have Sasha win the Royal Rumble and then you can have Bailey thinking that um, you know Sasha's gonna choose Charlotte I mean, or, or Becky Lynch is going to choose Becky Lynch and uh, you have Bailey say, well, no, i am choose you, you know, pull a Batista evolution thing and and uh, turn baby face with evolution. Cause I mean, Sasha's a heel. I mean, people have been wanting her to be a heel for so long, but Sasha's heel, Sasha's is, it's just bland to me. He'll Bailey's worse, but he'll Sasha right now. It's just a, yeah, you know, nothing. So at least there'll be some intrigue in that. Ideally, what you do is you have Ronda Rousey come back. I mean, look, look, believe it or not, like it or not, Ronda Rousey is what made that woman's division this year, earlier this year, late last year. If it wasn't for Rousey, there wouldn't be no woman's main event in Armania, period. So what you do is, since Rousey's to draw, you have her win the Royal Rumble. You have her come back when the Royal Rumble, and you do a one hundred and one Becky versus Ronda. You don't main event it though. You do Becky versus Ronda at uh, Mania. That will draw. That will get some money <laughs> for the women's division. That would bring it to another level. So I would have Ronda Rousey win the Rumble and go against Becky Lynch. Um, if Ronda Rousey is not an option, you know like I said, Sasha and do Sasha Bailey at, at mania. So there you go. People are saying Adam Cole is going to win the Royal rumble. He's first of all, he's, he's champ. He He's, he's the NXT champ. Why? Like, see, see you know what? God bless y'all. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> and, and, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to say something that you probably won't like and i really don't care to be honest with you. Listen. People saying stuff like Adam Cole winning the Royal Rumble is ridiculous to me. This is the reason why you have decreases in ratings because you're because there's such a niche market right now and you're making it more niche. By having an NXT guy that no one would know outside. I mean, listen, Adam Cole's Bay Bay is doing his thing in NXT and he's doing a fantastic job. But you have to think star power, you have to think marquee, you have to think money when it comes to WrestleMania. You have to think transcending wrestling. Adam Cole does not transcend pro wrestling right now he's not a household name so by people saying adam cole win the royal rumble it sounds very markish to me it it really does it's like there's no benefit in someone like an adam cole winning the royal rumble and headlining wrestlemania no benefit to it so what what is he going to go against he's already nxt champ and so if he wins the royal rumble as nxt champ he's going to go against uh uh, the WWE champion or the universal champion and have two belts. What do you like? What do you, what's the end game here? And that's the reason why a lot of this knee jerk booking doesn't work um, because there's no end game and there would be zero end game. It would make zero sense. Uh, if, if Adam Cole won the Royal Rumble, definitely not. Yeah, I agree. Mo, he's the, he's the face of NST, not main roster for sure. McIntyre for men's, Um Baszler for woman. She'll drop it to Ripley. I can see her dropping it to Ripley. Yeah. The only thing with Drew is that there's no. Again, I don't see him going against the Bay. You know, he's not going to turn face, is he? I like I like Drew. Um Drew's awesome. I've had him on my show and I've talked to him a bunch of times. He's super dude, super cool dude. But, um. I don't see a face turn from Drew. Um, and then you don't, and then who else is gonna turn here? I mean, who's gonna turn face? So you gotta you gotta think about those things. So right now, who are the champs and will they go to WrestleMania? And who's going to win? You know, who's going who's a marquee match? You're thinking WrestleMania here. You're thinking posters, you're thinking uh marquee you're thinking television you're thinking outside of wwe who's going to be that person who's going to be on the poster on the marquee that says yes this person is a star and this person is going to go against the champ so that's what you got to think about when you think of royal rumble winners right now the babyface selection period is just awful it's awful um Yeah, exactly, exactly, Mo. Now I know why Vincent Triple H is stressed right now. Hundred percent agree. Um, I agree, Brandon. Too soon for calling anybody from NXT. Definitely agree with with that. Um, again, yes, Daniel. I agree with that as well. Yep, good assessment there. Um, all right. (laughs) <laughs> see. I would like that, Michael. T- take her once to rumble, beats Brock, and he retires on Raw. That'd be dope. But I think he might as well just—he might as well just retire at Survivor Series next year. He might as well. I mean, it'd be his thirtieth year, and he might as well do that. All right, uh, real quick. Let's, i did say I was going to talk about Jericho real quick. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jericho? I got—I got to roll though because I'm—I'm—I'm I'm running overtime right now. I got to gotta go. are out of time. Uh, but real quick uh, I, I did want to talk about Jericho real quick. Major kudos to Chris Jericho for saying um, so so for those who don't know he called a meeting uh, at aew meeting. granted he's not even a tag team guy, but he called a meeting to talk to the tag team and saying you guys are gonna have to stop not tagging to come in the ring. And so, I mean, AEW is notorious for that, especially people like the Lucha Brothers and stuff like that. It's like they they just don't tag. And just, and just the mind of Chris Jericho to say that, to really pay it forward and have so much investment mentally in the company for them to succeed, to do something like that. He's not even a texting guy. Major kudos to Chris Jericho for doing that. You can just tell he just has a, such an amazing mind for the business. So, I you know, We'll talk about AEW uh, (laughs) until next week. We got to go over the time. (laughs) We'll talk about AEW for, for next week. Uh, uh, Deadlock and the rating and the the viewership ratings actually. Isn't that crazy? Uh, An absolute deadlock. They both had the same amount of viewers uh, last week. So very interesting, very, very interesting stuff. All right, guys. I think that's it for now. Awesome stuff. Uh, Appreciate you all. Have a good night. Um, uh, Just just Google it, Mo. uh, Just just Google like Chris Jericho tag team stuff. Uh, It's it's been written. Uh, Yeah, there's all types of no's on it. So, yep. Uh, and as far as, uh, the ratings, yeah, the, the show buzz daily, uh, is the one who does the ratings. Uh, so you can look at that. You can look at the show buzz Daily's uh, info, uh, on their, on their webpage. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, for 403 episodes, uh, big thanks guys. As always, you guys are awesome. Let me listen. Let me, uh, plug myself, man. I, I do a terrible job at that. So okay, so one, please sort of like, share, and subscribe. So if you're on Facebook or YouTube, so I'm doing Facebook and YouTube simultaneously. I'm gonna be honest with you, I miss my old setup. I miss the, you know, uh, I missed the, the 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 countdown intro and you know the the uh, the cool transitions with uh, my my former setup. But it just it, it works better this way to do it simultaneously with Facebook and and uh, and YouTube. So maybe one day I'll bring up maybe one day I'll bring back a, my old setup that I, I miss because I missed the, the, the intro music and the outro music and all that good stuff. And I can't do that with this because it's not compatible with uh, I love I love the software, but it's not compatible to my setup so maybe i'll bring it back uh i don't know before new year's over or something I, i'm not i'm not quite sure but what, but i enjoy the live video interview so it's kind of like this this software has this benefit and this software has this benefit that this doesn't have that that don't have so it's uh really interesting stuff so be sure to like share and subscribe guys um and listen um there's somebody, uh, Cole's got a t-shirt coming next month for those who, so you, for so those who give to the top tier, it's like six bucks a month. It's like a fast food meal a month just to support the show. Uh, after three months, you get a pancakes and power slam show t-shirt, um, for you to enjoy. So be sure to go there on a Patreon and just give I mean, it's like, it's like a $1 tier and a $6 tier guys. Good morning. I mean, for as many people who listen to the, I mean, we, there's thousands of people who listen to the show, you know, every week. And for those who are listening, audio, and for those who are listening, uh, watching, listening, video, a dollar a month, six bucks a month. Come on, look, if as many people give on Patreon as I know listen to the show. I can do this full time. How about that? Isn't that crazy? I can do this full time. So, and that would be perfect for me because I'm about to be a doctor. I'm a PhD student. And to do this full time, that'd be great. You'll have all types of breaking news interview. <laughs> You'll have all types of <laughs> breaking news videos and interviews in my studio live and all types of, all types of fun stuff. So, uh, just give. Go to the Patreon slash Pancakes Power Slams. I know you guys enjoy the show. You guys are awesome every week, so show me some love and give. All right. For 403 episodes, big thanks to Nick Patrick. Uh, thank you so much. Um, Marissa from Canada. Showing some love from Canada. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your wicked and God bless, and always remember,